Good morning, everyone. Welcome back after a brief hiatus of uh, our morning Musarvad. Whether that was two weeks or three weeks, we will debate that later. But we were on break. We are on our summer break for Bein Azman, and we continue with Elulzman. We're in Chodesh Elul now. Beis Elul, and and we have been doing Derech Hashem for the last while. We made it through the first three of the four sections of Derech Hashem. We uh, at the end of Summersman, we made it up to the conclusion of the third section, the beginning of Chelik Dalad, which is the last section. But but. We are going to be suspending Der Hashem for Elozman. As in previous years, uh, Elozman, we, we usually change things up a little bit. We do a special Limud for Elozman. We've done in the past Shai Chuva. We've done Tamer Devaira. This year for Elozman, we are going to be doing some Mikhtavim from Or Yisrael. Mikhtavim from Mibi Yisrael Salanter, where he, uh, he has, he has, um, very little that's been published. Very little that Rabbi Yisrael himself wrote that's been published. He has a collect, what we have is a collection of mikhtavim, of letters that he wrote to his Tamidim as he wandered, went on different journeys, different places. You know, he was very busy. Rabbi Salter was busy trying to do Kiruv in Russia. He was in Germany. He was in Vilna. He went, he went around and he wrote letters to his Tamidim from different locations. Um, his Tamidim when he, of, of, of um, his, uh, Musr movement, of which he was the, the founder and uh, the inception of the Musar movements, and a number of his letters have to do with this time of year, with Elul, with Rosh Hashanah, with um, the whole, uh, the whole, um, as we would say, the whole Ma'areches, the whole system and, and, and progression of what's supposed to be going on this time of year. So some of these Mechtavim, um will find, I mean, the, some, of the, some of the Mechtavim that we have in this collection are very, very relevant for us right now. And hopefully all that we're going to learn over the next few weeks over Elo will hopefully achieve somewhat of the purpose of the Yisrael Salanter composing for it to kind of shake us up a little bit, put things in perspective and make Elo real, make Rosh Hashanah real, make Din real, make the uh, looming day of judgment, which is now uh, on the horizon, somewhat palpable, real, approachable and relatable. So we're going to begin with Mikhtav Yodalud. I'm going to be skipping around a little bit. The, the, the mechtavim, some of them um, are, are, are arranged, it would seem, in a way of like thematically, but others it seems that, you know, they might have just been um, put together in the safer that we call Or Yisrael uh, as the mechtavim came in. Or, so, 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 I, I, haven't, uh, I, haven't, I don't have a mesoira. I don't have a mesoira that there is a specific seder to the arrangement of the mechtavim mm-hmm. in the sefer. So as such, we will be skipping around a little bit, selecting here and there mechtavim that are relevant to this time of year, to Elul. Um, as I don't have a mesoira, a personal mesoira, in the arrangement of the order of the mechtavim, but Baruch Hashem, I was like many, many, many years, years ago to sit um, by a, a rebbe of mine, uh, Rev. Ruven Leuchter, Shlita, and here... Um, the Sefer Or Yisrael, I think I was able to hear it from twice actually, two Machzairim. Uh, he went through Michtav by Michtav, and he didn't cover all the Michtavim, but he covered most of the Michtavim. There's some I think that he never did. And uh, it, 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 as such, I'm saying now is a, a, I guess a, a disclaimer, was just a, uh, you know, um, establishing the uh, the uh, territory ahead. Um, probably much of what we are going to say in, in exploring and analyzing the 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 mechtavim, the letters over here, the briefing of of Rabbi Salanter are, are ideas that at one point I 
heard I was Mekabal from from uh, Rabbi Seinu as uh, I was Zoycha many years ago to, to uh, have that privilege of, of hearing Or Yisrael from, from uh, Rabbi Mavayn who themselves were links in this Moser chain um, going back to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter actually Rabbi Ruvayn Leuchter was a Talmud Muvuk of uh, Rabbi Shlomo Volba who was a Talmud of Rabbi Ruchum was, was, uh, brings us back eventually to um, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter himself so we're going to start with Mikhtav Yadalid and Mikhtav Yadalid Rabbi Yisrael hits the ground talking about the Shoifer which we heard for the very first time yesterday morning and he's going to discuss what the Shoifer used to do, what it does, and what it's supposed to do. What the Shoifer used to do, what the Shoifer ends up doing, and what the Shoifer is supposed to do, and, and, and hopefully give us a take on the Shoifer, a perspective on the Shoifer, but maybe also a perspective on ourselves. This is Ezra Bistral. Milifnim Kashayadati. It used to be, Milifnim is already, and we saw Salanta, one, another, another, uh, Yesoid, I was Mikabel in learning the, the Mikhtab is that the words have to be analyzed. We'll see. He writes in a very, very, very condensed, compacted, terse manner. He writes poetically, um, which is interesting because he's sending these Mikhtab to his Talmidim. You know, the, the, these were, this was correspondence. He was giving them chizik, he was giving them insights, he was giving them Yesoidus principles and foundations, insights into, into Moser. Um, but yet, yet he didn't write in a very verbose, direct, explicit way. He wrote poetically, and he wrote covertly. Not overtly, but covertly. And he intends, clearly, his Talmudim to analyze what he writes. He wants to write something that has to be digested, it has to be broken down, that has to be learned up. Um, and you, you see, you see, the, the just the, the style itself of how he writes is again is written in a poetic terse style, not in a verbose style. And what I was macabre from my rebbeim over here again is that indeed we have to break things down. We have to learn this up like we'd be learning a tesis. So we learn the mechtav and Rishon Salanter, you know, who wrote these letters, not not more, you know, less than two hundred years ago. These letters were composed. Yet he wrote them. We'll see. Stylistically, in a way that, that that he wants us to break them down, and I think there's most in that of, in, in of itself. Just to, the, the 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 introduction to the letters of Ibn Salanta that we'll be learning together. The Moser is the Moser in that is uh, the Moser doesn't come easy. Self improvement doesn't come easy. Change doesn't come easy. And if something is very user friendly, generally, it's not going to change you so much. And generally, there's an inverse proportion between how approachable something is and how much it's actually going to affect you. And, and, and that would be a good place, I think, to begin, actually, before we dive into the Mikhtav itself, is, is the Yisrael that, that we see that Yisrael is, is, is giving us, even before he begins his letters, just by how he writes his letters. And again, that Yisrael is, if we want change, change is not something that, you know, find that, that popular book that everyone's reading. The seven highly effective habits of the seven highly effective people who live with the seven highly effective habits that we're going to write about in this book about the seven highly effective habits. These books are written to be very approachable, very user-friendly, and generally the best sellers are the ones that are very user-friendly, that are very easy to read, that are very approachable, and ideas are great, and they click, and they, 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 they resonate. But to the degree 
that they're approachable. The degree that they're user-friendly and they click with me, they won't affect me very much. And to the same degree, to the same proportion, they will, you know, in one ear and out the other, essentially is what they will do. They'll, they'll, they'll bounce right into my lap and bounce right off of my lap. They'll, 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 they'll project themselves into my head, but as easy as they went in, Kabbalah, Kach Poltoy, they will evaporate from my head. When something is, is very approachable and very user friendly, and you don't really have to schwitz over it, you don't have to break it down, you don't have to crack it open, and not gonna affect you so much, cause you didn't, you didn't work on it. You didn't work to internalize it. You didn't work to make a kinyan on it. You didn't work to make it part of you. It was, it was right there. It was easy and it was obvious. It was obvious and intuitive. And, and we know the Messiah Sisharm tells us, in the beginning of the Sisharm, the Ramchal tells us, that the more obvious something is, again, the less it's going to affect us. So he writes this in the beginning of the Messiah Sisharm, that he's writing things, and he says, immediately says, oh, you know, you guys know all this stuff already. But the very fact that you know it, that's why you're not doing it. It's so, so obvious, that's why none of you are doing anything, because it's so obvious, so obvious, so intuitive, so approachable, so, so, uh, resonating, it just bounces right off of us. So something is obvious, not gonna affect us so much, and if it's approachable, if it's user-friendly, inviter, it's too easy. Too easy, and, and we didn't really make it part of us. The only way something becomes part of you, and is gonna affect you and change you, is if you had to make it part of you. When do you have to make it part of you? When you have to schwitz, when you have to invest, when you have to crack it open, break it down, and analyze. That's when it becomes part of you, and that's when there is hope that it may change you. So as such, what? That's right. The old time, the original Balei Moser, they would do the same thing in the Moser Shmuzin. The Moser Shmuzin would not be very user friendly. Correct. That's that's that's, that's correct. And it's the same exact aside. Um If something's going to change us, we we have to make our co-payment. You know, we have to invest ourselves in it. We gotta put ourselves out there. And, and we schwitzed, we worked, we owned it, we personalized it, we made it part of us, and then there's hope that it might actually affect and, and, and penetrate. And it, the trend is, the opposite unfortunately nowadays, the trend is to make things user-friendly, to make things approachable, to, to engage your audience, because the audience has gotten schwach. But with the audience getting schwach, we lose increasingly the ability to actually change our audience. Um, it's, it's brought down, it's, it's the beauty saying, you know, the, the, um, the, um, Tamidim of, let's say, you know, Rabbi Rucham, they would get together, they would chazer Rabbi Rucham Shmuzin, they would analyze and break down, why say this word, do I say that word, what do you mean with this, what do you mean with that? The Mashbim of hang on to his every word that he said, to learn it up, to make a kinyan on it, to internalize it, to, 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 to make it real. So, we see clearly that that's the style that Rabbi Saul's taking with his mechtavim as well. He's writing poetically, but he's writing tersely. He's writing in such a way that we have to really crack this open. Okay, so let, let, let's now, with that being said, that hakdama, let's begin mechtav yadawad. This is Hashem. We'll start with the first line over here. Re'ei bracha. So he's writing this, and we'll see at the end of the mechtav, he's really writing this mechtav Shabbos. He's writing this mechtav Shabbos, parashas re'ei. Which we just had a couple days ago. See, this is A always comes at the beginning of Elul. So if Yisrael is writing this at the beginning of Elul to his Talmidim, he's in the Elul frame of mind. He's trying to get his Talmidim into the Elul frame of mind. Milafnim says of Yisrael, Amol and Amol against Satan. It used to be. It used to be Kasher Yadati. As far as I understand, according to my knowledge and experience, Kol Ish Achazay Palatzus. 
people, Yidin, would be gripped with fear. Gripped with fear. Palatzos. Now, Palatzos is a poetic Lashon. You don't find this Lashon very often. It's a Lashon from Tanakh. Palatzos means fright, dread, but it's something that it doesn't mean, and that's and that's panic. There's another word for panic in the Torah. That's pachad. Pachad is is um, maybe fright is a good word for 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 pachad. Palatzos is more dread, dread, dread of something threatening, dread of something that is menacing, dread of something that that uh, I, I see, I'm aware of. And it's threatening and menacing. So I, I, a certain dread of something real, uh, whereas pachad is is fright, is fear, is panic. The difference between dread and panic is is the emotional response. And we would, you know, maybe we would say pachad. People would be gripped, gripped with pachad by by what? Well, let's do another half line before we get too much into the palaces versus pachad. What would it, it, it says Rabbi Saul? Now, look at Satan. It used to be. That people will be gripped with palatsus, with dread, mikol hakoyre kadosh elul. When, when we would hear people proclaiming elul, kadosh elul, it's elul time. Elul has arrived. So even before the shoifer, the Mishnah is not even talking about the shoifer yet. The guess is the shoifer in other places. You're not even talking about the shoifer yet. People would just say elul. And people would just say, the month of Elul is approaching. Shabbos Mavarchim of Elul. Kadosh Elul. Elul is, is nigh. Rosh Chodesh Elul Yiev. B'yayim Shabbos Kodesh of B'yayim Arishon. L'machros of B'yayim Arishon. Just from hearing the Elul's right around the corner, people used to be gripped with palatzis. With um, dread. Let's observe the Rabbi Saul doesn't say the word pachad. There's lots of different words in Lashon Nakodesh for a fear and fright. He doesn't say pachad, which means fear, fright, or panic. He says palatzes, which is a very unusual Lashon, very poetic and unusual, means more dread of, of an imminent threat and imminent danger. Um, let's go on. We'll, we'll come back to that. Maybe let's go on. Hacharada halazu. This charada, charada now is another synonym for for fright or fear but charada also is not pachad charada means trembling sittering shaking charedim ludvar Hashem we had in the Haftar on Shabbos right shimu devarai charedim ludvar Hashem charedim literally means um, we're, we're called charedim we call ourselves charedim from Yidin nowadays we've gotten this label charedim charedim means Quakers we're the original Quakers right the Quakers, the, the Quakers the, from Quaker Oaks and from Quakertown um, in Quakerville in Pennsylvania. Right Quakertown. There's no Quakers there. We once drove up to Quakertown to see the Quakers. A lot of uh, used car dealerships and um, and uh, bulldozing equipment and stuff. There's no Quakers over there. But uh, get dry, drive into Lancaster if you want to see the Quakers. But uh, the Quakers called themselves Quakers because of that Pasuk in Yeshaya. They used to tremble. And quake, and quake in the awe of God. So that's why they really call themselves Quakers from the, from the verse in Isaiah. We're the, the original Quakers. 
and we're the modern day Quakers too. You call yourself a Haredi, you're, you're a Quaker. But um, a Harada means to tremble, to shake, to shake out of fear, meaning for there to be a physical response. Palatzos is an emotional, visceral response. Harada is a physical reaction, a physical response. And again, he doesn't say pachad. He says, Harada halazu, this Harada that Yidin used to have from just hearing Elul's here, Elul, 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 would people, cause people to shake and quake. Nasa Piria would bear its fruit, Lizkarv Lavadasa Yisbarak Shemoy, to help us take advantage of Elul, to get us to come closer to Hashem. So he's beginning to weave ideas together. If we, if we follow very closely, he's talking about what mentioning the word Elo used to do. It used to create palatzas, which created charada, which would create peris. Nasa piria, it would bear fruit, and what would that fruit be? To bring us closer to Hashem. The point of Kleisol having this, this race Reaction to Elul, Elul, Elul. There would be palatzas, this, 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 um, dread. And this charada, the point of that is for there to be Paris. What would the, I should have a reaction, a productive reaction, a constructive reaction. It should bear fruit, the fact that I get shaken up when I hear the word Elul. Elul's coming, Elul, Elul. And that fruit should be, that productivity should be, that I, it brings me closer to the Rebbeinu brings me back. So let's put a few things together. Rabbi Shol is telling us that it used to be, and, and this is what the ideal is, that when a Yid hears, Reish Chaydash, Elul, should be, it should shake us up, it should get us to quake. And there's one of two ways that reaction should go. And when hearing that Elul is right around the corner. It can take us to palatas or it can take us to pachad. It can take us to panic or to productivity. And the reason of Yisrael says palatas and he says charada, that it's there to give us dread. When we hear elul, elul, get us a little bit dreadful. And is there to lead to charada, to shaking, is because it's supposed to be productive. Hearing that elul is around the corner is not supposed to induce the other reaction, of which is what? Panic. We're not supposed to panic. We could easily panic also. You could panic. Elves around the corner, Gewalt. That creates a panic. Now, panic is a, 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 a very bad reaction. It's not the reaction that we want. Panic is paralysis. And paralysis is the opposite of productivity. Panic is the feeling you have when, when, when um, the taxi's honking outside, Take you to the airport, and you didn't even finish packing yet. You don't know where your passport is. You don't know where... That's that's very scary. It's a very scary thing. That's panic. That's panic. They're here to take me to the airport, and I have two hours to the flight, and, and where's my passport? Where's my... Um, where's my... Uh, where's my tickets? Yeah, that's a thing of the past, right? Tickets. You used to have to bring your tickets with you to the airport. Now you just have to bring an ID. But passport, you need, where's my passport? Where's my tefillin? Where's my talus? Where's my shabbat shoes? Where's my toothbrush? I'm not ready. There's a panic and feeling that you're not ready for something. You know, it's time, show time. Time for you to take the stage. Time for the big speech. 
A big speech. I, I finished rehearsing. I have no idea how I'm, I'm supposed to end the speech. I don't remember what I'm supposed to talk about. These are these are this is the stuff of like these 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 uh, um, um, the stuff of uh, unpleasant dreams. You know, ever have a dream like that, Rabbi? So I dream that uh, something is imminent, something is approaching. You're not ready for it. So that's uh, that's panic. Panic is when something is nigh, something is there, and you push it. Not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Elul could create that, that reaction, that emotional response, the response of panic. That's pachad. But that paralyzes us, and there's no productivity when there's panic. Um, but a yud could theoretically have that as well. Uh, this, this, this being gripped by a sense of, Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner. How did I goof off? I had, I had ten weeks of the summer, right? eight weeks of the summer. And even, even you know, uh, the, 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 the in America that are machmer, I, I, very least, I, like, six weeks, at the very least, everyone gets six weeks in the uh, summertime in, in, in America, right? I goofed off, I, 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 I just spent my entire summer doing silly things, and, 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 um, just, uh, wasting my time, and suddenly they're saying, Rish Chodesh Elul. I'm not ready. Rish Chodesh Elul means, Rish is right around the corner, I'm not ready for Shana, I'm not ready for Yom Kippur. That's a reaction of Pachad. And that's a reaction that doesn't bear any fruit. It doesn't bear any fruit, such a reaction. It just paralyzes me. Rabbi Yisrael is saying that's the incorrect reaction. That's not the reaction that Yidin used to have. Yidin used to have a reaction of palatsus, of dread. Dread is when I see something threatening on the horizon, and I take it seriously. And it leads to Charada, it leads to a physical response. It affects me physically. I, I shake and I quake, but not out of panic, out of responsibility out of you know I, I see um, the alligator coming there's an alligator coming right and this alligator fills me not with panic but with dread because it's still uh, this is, I can still deal with it but I have to deal with it and it, it gets the adrenaline flowing gets the adrenaline rushing that's that's the shaking the quaking I better do something about it and that bears fruit that's noise Paris noise Paris it's going to induce us to try to work on it, do something about it, capitalize on it, and lead to productivity. Let's read a couple more lines. Each person according to proportional and relative to who he is and where he's holding. In Elul, what do we discover? Elul is supposed to create palatas and not pachad. Productivity and not panic. It's supposed to get create fill me with dread, but not debilitation. Not supposed to debilitate me. It's supposed to fill me with dread, and I, I'm supposed to be able to harness that, take it seriously, and put that into action, put that into motion. And and that though is going to be relative to who I am and what my starting point is. What my starting point is. And the second half of the paragraph, which we'll continue with tomorrow, we'll see this tomorrow. The result is going to say that there's actually a counterintuitive um, effect over here, a counterintuitive phenomenon that happens when people hear that Elul is approaching, that we would expect person A to get even more affected and person B to get less affected, but we're going to see it's going to be an opposite. There's going to be some kind of switcheroo. The person A, whom we would, we would expect to be relatively more affected, is going to be less affected by hearing about Elul, hearing this with the dread, the alligator, the, the, the great alligator coming into the room, the alligator of Elul, and the person B is going to be more affected, 
that will be continue with tomorrow. This is a good starting start for today, Mirza Hashem, and tomorrow we'll continue with the second half of this paragraph. Okay, everyone should be well.